0: Fergus O'Farrell, you are the uh, leader of the Methodist Church here in Ireland, and you're at this launch of dialogue of hope, critical thinking for critical times. You were also part of the group. Um, Tell me about the book itself and your contribution
1: to it. Well, I've found the process in producing the book very, very challenging and very important. And we're hoping, obviously, to engage as many other thinkers and interest groups in the country in reflecting on the future because we want to create a dialogue. And a dialogue means we need to listen to each other. And we have offered some thoughts and challenges in the book and we hope to get a response. I'm interested as a Christian leader in listening To what other secular voices have to say and learning from them, and we're in a more listening, humble mode than maybe people expect from churches, where they expect authoritative moral stances to be taken uh, and I really think we've gone beyond that in Ireland, we need uh, to create a new dialogue of hope
0: And that dialogue of hope is needed, you're saying because the dominant narratives haven't worked, I mean we're, we're in a lot of trouble in Ireland, despite perhaps what we're being told that we're in a republic of opportunity I,
1: I think so, I think we need to challenge that notion of a republic of opportunity because it's not a republic of opportunity if you have 8,000 people homeless if you have a crisis in your police service if you have a crisis in your health service and if you have increasing inequality. I think we, the narrative is broken both economically and politically and we point that out in the book. Now these are deep-seated changes that are happening even in our climate and ecology. These are deep-seated challenges uh, to restore engagement by the ordinary public in their public life and get them engaged in creating a new narrative for the future. It's a huge challenge. It can be done if people, we will speak of a coalition of the willing, who are willing to engage and, and bring hope. And and change in a very po- but there has to be based on clear values around solidarity about equality and about participation and about a focus on a new politics of the common good.
0: And you believe that there are artists and scientists and ordinary people and thinkers and people in all areas of life in Ireland who hold some of those values, but they're not speaking to one another collectively.
1: That's right. There seems to be a, a difficulty. We talk about creating a new civic public square where people will feel free to enter with their faith commitments or with any other commitment, humanist or secular, or of no particular philosophical stance, and make their contribution. And we feel You do see very good signs in Irish society of people willing to engage in the voluntary sector, in local parishes and churches, but it all seems to be disparate and separate rather than a combined effort around a central set of values. And a commitment from leaders, both in church and state, to have a new mode of engagement. Uh, we speak in the book of our politics being moribund, uh, and people have lost faith in the institution to deliver the kind of flourishing life that they aspire to.
0: Now this weekend, the Citizens' Assembly, which was mandated by the Oireachtas, to examine certain questions. One of them, you mentioned yourself, is on the environment, and they're looking at how Ireland can become a leader in climate change uh, in in um, the the 21st century, they're going to be examining that. That's 100 people selected from a, a, a particular type of process would that model work for you are you calling for something
1: different no no we, we uh, advert to in the book that these new innovations like the constitution convention the citizens assembly the people's conversation on active citizenship people talk all the new innovative things that people have either the government or others have attempted are very very worthwhile and they show that new innovative ways of consulting the citizens and involving them are very positive and as people learn about the issues their mind and their views often change and form in a new way. So that's a very important process. In fact, we call in the book or set out the idea of maybe civic or civil forums in each county to allow people to have more opportunities for public deliberation and engagement so that they can find that they have a scope. They're not just ignored if they're down in a rural Ireland where 40% of the people live and yet they feel... um, Abandoned very often, their villages are decaying, and so on. And they don't feel that they have any control over those factors. Uh, and we were calling for new opportunities in this new civic public square to build in far more public deliberation, like the examples you gave at national level, but these can be replicated in a reformed local government as well.
0: So if somebody were to say to you, What would you regard as success for your book? What would success look like if your work, your group convening, all the
1: effort you put into it, if it were successful, what would it look like for you? It it would look like a huge change in people's trust in the processes that govern their lives because they control them in a genuine civic republican sense that it's around the common good, there'll be a new energy in Irish public life. We have the example actually in France of Macron coming from a a relatively unpolitical party system and changing the dialogue in France and now he's seeking to change it in Europe. Now that's just one example where Big change can happen if enough people and enough leaders are committed to bringing Ireland to the point where everybody on this island can live a flourishing life in successful communities that are safe and prosperous.
0: We're talking this morning and in the newspapers and on the radio this morning, we were hearing about the, um, the spat in the doyle yesterday between Mary Lou MacDonald, who was raising the issue about AIB not having to pay corporate taxes for the next 20 years, even though they're now in profit and were bailed out by the taxpayers in this country. And the Taoiseach's response to her and the, how that was conducted and the way, the way he spoke and just what happened, it was unedifying by any stand by anybody's standards, no matter who the parties are. Is this what we're asking about? Something more serious in the times that are in it?
1: Yeah, I mean I think one of the things that has brought the political parties and we point that out in the book into sort of moribund or disrepute, or lack of trust in the public or lack of engagement is this punch-and-duty personality type of politics which lacks real substance and isn't based on a clear public philosophy and values uh, and you get that reflected in the dole all the time uh, and that's the nature of our politics which has brought us to the pretty past that we've often been in this country we've failed our economy three or four times in my lifetime uh, and it's likely to happen again because we haven't changed the nature of our public deliberation and our politics, I think we need to challenge our politicians who think that they behave in a clientless way and, and that sort of public punch and Judy type of show that they're actually going to win favour. I think if enough people say we don't want that, we want positive moral leadership based on values on a considered policy basis. Then I think that can change. I mean, there's a huge need to change and reform our parliament and local government.